Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. We are excited to be with you today because it is finally time. I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. And I'm your other co-host, Gavin Lagazino. And it's football season, guys. We play tomorrow. It is Friday, August 30th. Tomorrow at 11 o'clock, Mississippi State kicks off versus the University of Louisiana in the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana, and we could not be more thrilled. I'm thrilled. How about you, Gavin? Oh, yeah. I'm pumped. Gonna Not going to be making the trip. I know a lot of people are. There's um, I actually was on the fence about it. There's a lot, and I think all of y'all should go. If you're listening to this and, you're, and you uh, haven't decided yet, go. Take, take, take the trip. Um, there's a lot of other stuff going on in New Orleans this weekend that's probably going to make the the city a crazy place to be. And it's about a, for me, it's about a five hour drive. And I, I really, that was what did it was the drive and the uh, hotel expenses and all that. But if, if that's not a problem for you, um, I'd go, I think it'd be yeah. a great thing. Great place to support our Bulldogs. Also, I'm going to a game in the Superdome later this year. So the Superdome thing wasn't a big factor for me. Uh, I know Gavin wishes he could go. Yeah, um, I wish, but oh well. See, now I'm the, I'm the hypocrite. I'm, I could have went. I, I could have gone. Excuse me. Um, and I and I chose not to. And that's my, that's a, that's my own, that's on me. Now right. I'll be in Starkville next week. So I'll be. I will not miss a home game. I'm gonna get to an away game this year. I think I might. I'm gonna look think about Fayetteville. I'm gonna think about. Uh, I'm going to think about College Station. I probably wouldn't do – College Station would be the best one to go to, but I'm, I'm not sure about that one. I'm going to think about Auburn, um, but we'll see. We'll see. College uh, Station would be a haul. It would be, but that's a great – that's a cool place, you know. I'm um, yeah. thinking about Knoxville because I don't get to do that in a lot, and I'm already planning on going to NC State next year. I told my best friend uh, up here in college that we're going to go to a, a non-conference away game at least once, and that's all, next year's our only chance. We didn't make it to – Kansas State last year would have been better because he got friends over there. I, we don't know anybody at, North, at uh, NC State, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Might make a friend over there just 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 to get me a place to stay. Who knows? But uh, we're here to talk about tomorrow. We're going to talk about tomorrow. All right. We're going to talk a lot about the University of Louisiana. I'm going to get used to calling them by their real name. They hate ULL. They're not about ULL. I don't know about the fans, but the university itself. They're trying to get that out of there. Yeah, um, I they don't like being called Lafayette. It's hard, it's and I'm gonna. It's hard, and it's and it's because we play them a lot. You know, if it was like if Kent State changed their name, I would wouldn't matter to me. They're not that far away, but it, I don't. We don't play them, so I would I would understand. We play Lafayette in a lot of things, and there I go again. I call them Lafayette. <laughs> We're gonna do our best though, because you know it's 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 respectful to them to call them uh, what they want to be called. Uh, It'll be difficult, but we'll do our best. Um, they uh, got a decent football team. This isn't going to be, you know, you know, Arkansas is playing Portland State out of the FCS. We're not going to have that kind of game, but it is going to be, it is, it is going to be a game that I fully expect to win without any problems. Uh, I don't think there's any, there's not much doubt that we are the superior football team. If we do, if there is a huge upset this weekend, it would be extremely disappointing. Um, won't, won't be something we haven't seen before. It'd be worse than South Alabama. I don't. I don't think it would be. Yeah. South Alabama was bad. 
That I, was at I home. Was at Alabama. It was awesome. I was there too. It would. This would not be worse. At least this isn't at home. And you, South Alabama is not a good Sun Belt team. This is a good Sun Belt team. Yeah. South I Alabama. I have higher expectations for this team than the 2016 team. That's that's true too. Although I, in 2016, I I did not think it was going to be as bad as it was, and I just wasn't as educated as I should have been in 2016. <laughs> that was my wake up call. I was still high from 2014. Um, we're going to just go into just what you, uh, uh, University of Louisiana, what they do, how they operate. Um, first thing you want to know, most important thing, uh, talking about the offense first, they have the most experienced offensive line except for the University of Oregon, who plays at Auburn this weekend. Um, that's, that's a big deal. This is going to be, we're going to talk later about what the offensive line is going to mean for both teams in this game, but their offensive line is they have four fifth-year seniors across the offensive line except for the center. Their center is going to be inexperienced. His name is Shane Vallett, and if I mispronounce these names, I'm sorry. I'm going to do my best. They're not that, <laughs> most of them aren't that hard. But Vallett, you don't you never know if it's French and it's supposed to be Velo or something. But uh, there's just not a, there's not a lot of weaknesses at this offensive line except for the center because just uh, the starter that was a, that is a senior, Cole Prudham, he is out. He's out for the season. He won't be there. All these guys played against us last year. Um, this is a big key for them because our defensive line is inexperienced for the most part. Um, they're yeah. going to, there's going to be some guys that have played. Not, there's not going to be any guys that have started. There's going to be some guys that could have started last year on just about any other team in the country which is good for us, but there's not going to be a lot of – this is going to be their first – this is going to be everybody's first start up front. So we'll see how that goes. The great uh, run blockers, um, we'll get into the running backs a little bit later, but first I'll talk about they've got a big-time receiver uh, named Jamarcus Bradley. I mentioned him. He's going to be very motivated. He's from Ackerman. Ackerman's about 20 miles from Starkville. It's a small place. Um, apparently probably passed over for more or less by Mississippi State um, in the recruiting process. He had 608 yards and 10 touchdown catches a year ago. Was not a huge factor in our game against them. But uh, he was big time. Um, I know Gavin knows a lot about these receivers, uh, or excuse me, these running backs, and he, he's got some information on them, and I've got some too. But, Gavin, what you got for uh, – there's a stable of running backs in Louisiana. Is that right? Yeah, so uh, looking at their running backs, they really have three guys that are – they're all solid. I'm not going to say anybody in their running back stable is outstanding. They're just all – they're all so close to each other that it's hard to pick one apart from the others. Yeah, uh, um, you know, you might have heard a lot about these guys, that they're all fantastic. It's the, the thing about the running backs, guys, they don't have any app superstars at running back. They have three decent guys. The thing is there's three of them. Yeah, that's what's remar- that's what's remarkable. It's not the fact that they oh they have three really really great running backs or they have a great running back. They've got three plus running backs, you know, above right. average running backs. And it's not, it's like I and they can only play one at a time or two at a time. Yeah. Only one can have the ball at a time. To put it into Mississippi State terms for you, I would say that you know none of them are Kyle and Hill, but they have three guys that are probably a little bit worse than Nick Gibson. Yeah. Not yeah. So the first the the two top guys though are Trey Raggis and Elijah Mitchell. Uh last year they combined for two thousand yards. Raggis had eleven hundred and Mitchell had nine hundred. 
Um, you know, they were both solid, like I said, last year. But then they have another guy, uh, Raymond Calais. He had Calais. Calais. It'll be Calais or Calais. Yeah, okay. 745 yards. But he averaged 9.1 yards per carry. That's a lot like Nick Gibson there. Yeah. That's only eighty five only eighty one carries last year for uh for Raymond Calais. So, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, they like I said, that that's actually the most impressive on on the list, but again, we have a running back just like that, like we just named. Guy that didn't get a ton of carries, but when he did carry the ball went a long way with it. Yeah. And uh but the, but what we've been saying, there's two juniors, the first two guys are juniors, Raggis and Mitchell. Ragus, Ragus. I'm sorry guys, we're doing our best. <laughs> Um, the third guy is a senior, and they, uh, they're they all capable running backs. Now, this is going to be more about the offensive line than those guys. If those guys get a lot of yards, I would look go watch the film and look at the, what the offensive line does more than what they do. I'm not saying they're, they're not they're, – they're definitely above average running backs in their league. Um, but they are not going to – if they blow the game open, I would – Still blame it more on the offensive line and, and our, or what our defensive line doesn't do, but I don't think they're going to be able to blow the game open. You go back yeah. and look at um, what they did last year. They got they racked up those yards against Sun Belt teams. They didn't rack up those yards against SEC teams. Yeah. Um, they didn't rack up yards against us. Uh, they had less than 70 yards rushing as a team last year against us, and most of that was on the first drive. <laughs> a lot of that was on scrambles. Um. um so moving on, they actually they did lose Andre Nunez from last year, and uh, they will have Levi Lewis coming into this year. Um, just looking, I actually listened to Cam Dampfer talk a little bit about this earlier. Um, he kind of gave a scouting report to all the reporters during the interview, and he was just saying that he expects, even though it's a new quarterback, he expects a lot of the same stuff that uh, they saw last year out of the Louisiana offense, and just a lot of you know, quick, quick passes to get the ball out quick. A lot of screens, and uh, you know they just want to get the ball out as fast as possible, get it in the hands of some of their playmakers. That's right. The screen game is going to be where they want to hurt us. Um, and the running, the, this offensive line in the running game, um, they're not going to be. There's no, no air raid here, guys. Uh, no, uh, this isn't the Oklahoma offense or the the fun and gun or anything like that. Um, that we're going to have to worry about on the back end. This is going to be an upfront game, kind of like a lot of SEC teams, uh, except for the manpower might be just be a little bit different. Yeah. Um, might have heard that this was uh, the quarterback's first ever start. That's actually a misconception. This quarterback has not started a game in two years, but he does. This will be his fourth start. Um, it sounds like he's beaten out for a starting job uh, when he was younger. He's a junior now, but. Um, like I said, I guess Nunez last year just beat him out and the year before that. But uh, this will be his, like I said, his first start in a couple of years. He's a junior. Still not a very experienced quarterback. Only four starts. Only has uh, is less than less than 900 total yards, I think, on, in his um, career. Or excuse me, less than 600 total yards in his career. Not going to be, you know, Bob Shoup is good at being confusing good at being aggressive against a quarterback, good at getting people behind the chains on defense. And I think he's going to maybe take some time to figure out what the run blocking is, how that's going on and what the blocking schemes are for the offense, for their offensive line. But 
give maybe a drive or two, and he'll have. I'll, I predict he'll have this guy on his butt uh, at least a couple times if he ever drops back more than a three step drop. And I think he'll be able to confuse him um, with the kind of things that he does if he want, if he's willing to put a lot on film. Now he might not do anything exotic simply for the sake of um, anybody any, uh, tipping his hand or anything like that to uh, future opponents. But we'll see. We'll see how that all pans out. So, uh, you know, what would you – if you were to say the most likely player to get a sack this weekend, who are you going with, Colton? Most likely? That's got to be Chauncey Rivers. That's uh, – he's the big he's the big money pass rusher. He's – you know, if you're in the – if he, he this is a money year. He saw what his best buddy Montez Sweat did. He's the same age as Montez Sweat. He's just as athletic as Montez Sweat. Like I, I tell you all guys, the reason he didn't redshirt – the reason Chauncey Rivers redshirted and Montez didn't, when Todd Grantham was a coordinator over here in 2017, is because Montez at the time thought that they would, he would have they would he would play multiple positions. Thought he could play linebacker or defensive end. Chauncey Rivers is the true end. Okay, yeah. that's why he's still here. And he but but he tested just as good as Montez as a pass rusher when they when they got here. Okay, um, this is he's seen how much money that his best buddy made because they were good friends. They're from the same city in Georgia. They both played junior college ball here in Mississippi. Um, when he saw what his buddy did, made it, has made already before he even set foot on the field, he knows he knows what he has to do this year. Also heard that his leadership role in the team has been uh, has exploded this year. He's one of the guys that they look up to. He is about the most experienced defensive lineman all, uh, that we have returning. He's going to be a problem, I think, in this league. Was already named to the third team All SEC by the coaches and uh, by the AP actually. Um, so you've got so you've got Chauncey is most likely to get a sack. Chauncey is most likely to get a sack. Now there's a sack on a quarter blitz, so that's that that shouldn't count. <laughs> See, I've got I've got Marquis Smitherman. Yeah, just because. See, now, no, no, Marquis Spencer. Marquis Spencer. Oh, yeah. Maurice, because, it's Maurice Smitherman. So I, I yeah. screwed that up. That's my fault. No, you're good. I was just thinking. Chauncey, I don't know how many reps he's going to get, just because I don't think they're I don't think they're going to uh, you know set the set the stars out there for a very long time. I think they'll keep them well rested. Marquise is starting. Marquise Spencer yeah. is a starter. Yeah, I know. It's but you didn't Chauncey, think he'll be out? He's going to be out there longer months. on the weak side than Chauncey on the strong side. Yeah. It'll uh, it'll be interesting to see. It'll also I think a good matchup to watch while we're talking about offense is you know we talked about. Their only inexperienced lineman is their center. But our defensive tackles are also very, very inexperienced, extremely athletic, some of the best athletes we've had at defensive tackle. And uh, we're talking about Jaden Crumity and uh, Fabian Lovett. Um, Lee Autry, whose name has come up a little bit, maybe these suspensions, maybe, maybe not. We don't know. Um, well, we so, a lot of people know, but it's not being put out there. Um, if those, That's the interesting thing to watch. If that – Defensive line group can out athlete the middle the middle off, uh, interior of their offensive line. You know, maybe they can, maybe they can't. Those guards know what they're doing. They've been around the block a few times. Fifty five combined starts from this from this uh, group on uh, for Lafayette. It'll you know that, that that especially on the interior, it'll be interesting to see how they run the how well they run the ball between the tackles with uh, our younger defensive tackle group. Yeah. Um, only other thing I'll say about the offense is they had a really good tight end that has elected to transfer to walk on Ole Miss. Actually, he had a lot of injuries. He's uh, they're 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 not experienced at tight end, not experienced at quarterback. 
pretty experienced at wide receiver, very experienced at offensive line, and uh, experienced at running back. So there's all you need to know about their offense. Defensively, they're a little bit suspect as far as what an SEC team is going to be able to do. Now, all, our offense is a big question mark, but I do think it's going to take a big step up. Um, got two really nice linebackers, though. Joe Dillon, he was hurt last year but was an all-conference player the year before for the Sun Belt. He has a career tackle for loss uh, total of 19 and a half, including 11 and a half sacks. So he is uh, he's a force inside, or excuse me, from his middle linebacker spot. Um, Jacques Boudreaux, I wonder if he's from Louisiana. Uh, <laughs> he uh, He's another linebacker. He led their team in tackles last season with 93. I'd be more worried about Dylan than Boudreaux, uh, but they're both productive. Boudreaux probably have over 100 tackles this year. Up front, I'm not terribly worried about them up front. This will be – we have an experienced offensive line. They have an experienced offensive line. We have a very talented but inexperienced defensive line, and they also have an inexperienced defensive line. There's a lot of similarities between these teams. Um, Taylor Humphrey, he's a, a, a starting deep tackle. Hasn't played for them yet. He's a JUCO transfer. Started his career at Florida International, but has offers from Bama – Georgia, and Florida State. What that tells me is, you know, if you get offers from those places, but you still play at a four-year school, and uh, you still play at a four-year school that's not those caliber uh, teams. So, for example, he played at FIU, Florida International. He could have played at Bama and Georgia. One of two things. Either he really wanted to be a four-year starter really bad, or he's scraping up these offers because of he's either really raw or his size is really good, but he's not that great of a player as a high school player, or the opposite, he's a great player, but size isn't quite where it needs to be. There's some there's something about his game that doesn't translate. Now yeah, he's lacking you, somewhere. I'll go ahead and tell you he's the former. He's six five, three hundred fifty pounds. Uh, his size is there. That's why he got those offers. The talent level that he developed at Florida International and then eventually at junior college, we will see what that if that comes to any fruition. Um, this year for him. This is his first game at a four-year school in a while. Um, another guy, their leading sack, their sack leader last year is also named Chauncey, also defensive end, named Chauncey Manic or Manac or Manic. I don't know. Yeah, we're sorry. He's a, he used to, he was a, tra- a transfer from Georgia too. So other than that, it's a little bit pieced together of them for them up front. But they've got two SEC caliber bodies at least on the defensive front. Um, that is, again, one of which is experienced. We will see how that pans out. I still take our offensive line over their defensive line um, simply because we are extremely experienced and pretty deep at our line. Everybody up front has started uh, at least a couple of games or played as many games as, as many snaps as the starter has. You hear uh, Coach Deke Adams, you know, Tommy Champion might play the most snaps out of any offensive lineman because he'll be rotating in multiple spots and he's not going to start but he's played a lot of snaps in the SEC too. Um, and that's just – that's not even thinking about all the guys who actually are starting. You know, you're, I think our least experienced guy that will really be in there is Quatavius Johnson, who's a freak athlete at, up front, who will be uh, the new face on the line. And then LaQuinston Sharp will be in the two or three deep. He's a l- little bit undersized, but was a stud at East Mississippi Community College and is red-shirted. And other than that, it's, it's a lot of guys that have played before. Again, yeah. a lot of experience for both of these uh, front five guys uh, on offense. All right. Um, so, 
really just overall as a whole going into tomorrow, I would say that, you know, like Colton mentioned earlier, this isn't this isn't a concern game. I'd be very shocked if we left New Orleans with a loss. But, you know, this is – Louisiana is a quality team. It's just they don't have the SEC firepower that we do. I think Kylan could have a big game. Uh, I'm excited to see Tommy, you know, take his first snaps in the maroon and white. And I think it's going to be a fun day. Yeah, there's – um. I wouldn't be if, – if Mississippi State can force a punt on the first two drives from uh, Lafayette, it's going to be pretty bad. If we start to get a hold of things on offense, um, that's our best chance to make it a runaway. If it's a game for a quarter, don't be surprised, guys. First, first game of the year can go any – in the first quarter of the first game can go any way. Any, either team could be up 14 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. All right? I don't think I don't think either, I don't think either team will be up fourteen nothing in the first quarter. If I had to make a prediction right now, I'd have Mississippi State up ten to three, ten to ten to zero, or thirteen to three in the, at the end of the first quarter. That would be my guess. If I'm predicting one quarter, what I do think is going to happen though is if we if if we'll not do what we did last year and limit the carries for our running backs, Kylan Hill could have could have two hundred yards receiving combined receiving and uh, rushing this year. It's interesting how we're going to, you know, share the love on offense, though, because our receivers in, in this offseason, the word is they have just stepped up tremendously. Javonta Payton and Isaiah Zuber as transfers have completely uh, changed the dynamic of what our receiving core looks like, especially on the inside. But on the, on the same hand, Cyrus Mitchell was a third last year, and Stephen Gidry's practicing better than he was way uh, – astronomically better than he was a year ago, and he wasn't bad a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, made some mistakes, but was he, he is – Worked, worked through those things, and, you know, it just kind of got me – I'm kind of thinking where we're going to get it. And my biggest concern on offense is finding a tempo, finding a scheme and a rhythm that works for everybody, that is successful, not because we just are more athletic or more talented, which we may or may not be. I'm, we probably are at Mississippi State versus the University of Louisiana, but works because the idea works just as well as the guys executing it. That's what I want to see. Um, that'll be hard. It's hard to tell unless you really go look at film and watch it in slow motion. You know, are we just throwing guys around, or are we? Uh, you'll see a couple of guys run around. Are we just running people over, or are we outmanning them uh, from a number standpoint, yeah. or are we playing off their tendencies, or uh, get, getting all the right reads, the reads correctly? You know, you know, if we run the zone read tomorrow a couple times, we can make the wrong read and get five yards, and that can happen against any team. But let's see if we can make the right read and get eight yards um, more often than we make the wrong read and get three or four. And I feel you like know? that was that was really where some where Stephen F. Austin last year heart, got a lot of Mississippi State fans heartbroken just because. And I, I admit I was one of those people after that game. I was like, dang, like we're we're going at least ten and two this year. And then yeah, that was just really us just being so much. So much like we had so much more raw talent than they did at the time. We we played three games last year. We scored sixty three, thirty one, and fifty six points. We thought, and I was, and I and I put out there, and this is not true. I, I thought it was true. I said if you score over sixty, doesn't matter who's it against, it's hard to score sixty. All right. I'm gonna bump that up seventy five. <laughs> if you <laughs> score seventy points, if you score seventy points, no matter who's against, it's hard to score seventy. I'm gonna bump that up. Because of what I saw last year, but um, we saw us score. We saw us score 63 with a backup quarterback. 
We saw Nick have a less than 50% of completion game and score 31 against Kansas State. That's when we thought Kylan was going to win the Heisman, okay, because he had over 200 yards rushing. Turns out Kansas State's just – Kylan is extremely talented and probably is, should be a sleeper Heisman candidate this year. But Kansas State couldn't couldn't stop anybody from running the ball. Um, we saw a score 56 against Lafayette and had a more complete – we saw Nick hit his passes better, actually throw better throw. He threw a beautiful fade to Stephen Gidry. And we're like, this offense is about to just run everybody out the gym. Um, you know, we, we, we scored 56 and kept the, kept our foot off the gas the last quarter. Meanwhile, nobody scored on us. We didn't realize how great the defense was going to be at that point, but it was we knew it was pretty good. And then here comes Kentucky, here comes Florida, and all, all of a sudden we're looking at trying to salvage a disappointing season instead of having the 10-2 season we dreamed of. Yeah. I say all that to say is I will not be taking a lot of notes from this game and thinking about the whole season. Okay. I will be yeah. looking at players and seeing what individual players do. I will not be thinking a lot about what the team does after this game. All right? we Guys, the year we were number one, UAB threw for 400 yards against us in the second game of the year. Y'all remember, does anybody remember that? Yeah, I do. Torched us. I, I, didn't even, I didn't get to watch that game. I wasn't watching. They torched us. We played Southern Miss, South Alabama, and UAB, if I remember correctly, in 2014. And – a lot of those teams had passing success against us. And that year, passing defense was our weakness as a team. Um, passing defense and turnovers down the stretch. If you saw the number one team in the country, if it was a one mother name, do if you, you saw what UAB did, if you saw what UAB did to us, and there had been a number one on their name, Sports Center would have freaked out. Like, oh my gosh, this is Okay. On the flip side, if you had seen that, you would have never thought we'd be as good as we were. We were, we should have. If you ask anybody, we shouldn't have beat LSU, A and M, or Auburn that year. If you go back to the beginning of the year, but we did. These early games don't tell don't tell a lot. You got to play a couple of SEC games before you can tell a lot. Okay, yeah. even Kansas State, and even <laughs> if Kansas State, even if Kansas State was a was a great team, it, it's just a little bit different in the in the conference. Yeah. So, Morehead knows about coaching this conference now. I expect I expect a better conference record this year by at least by one game. Yeah, I agree. Um, I feel like it's unfair to expect anything less than that. I I think a lot of people like to predict doom and gloom, and and this is I'm, I'm going to be very 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 uh, blunt. I wish the the generation of Mississippi State fans that want to get ahead of us and talk about how bad it's going to be, so that they can be so that they'll either be pleasantly surprised. Or right, one of the two. I wish those guys would either die off or, or, or change their or change their attitude. Yeah, and it's because they watch the crew years and the '80s, and some of them even watch, you know, the '60s and '70s, which were terrible. I'm <laughs> I'm not lying. The crew years, some of the crew years were bad. I remember watching an Egg Bowl where we lost 45 to zero. I remember it. I remember watching the Egg Bowl the next year and getting five interceptions. That was great, but. <laughs> There, there has there has been a lot of painful memories that we can flush down the toilet because the last ten years we've made a bowl game every almost like every year. I think what are we nine in a row now? Yeah, nine in a row. Baseball is one of the best teams in the country consistently. Okay, we had a bad year in I think 2015, and that was a fluke. I don't. I I think if we have a good year this year, next year there won't be any more any more terrible years. There'll be baseball will be good every year. Women's and men's basketball. 
We've suffered for men's basketball, but they're on the way up. Women's basketball, we never thought would be the way that, way that it is. We we had no idea this was on the horizon, and they are they are everybody's favorite team now. He's like, there is no reason for us to be pessimistic about Mississippi State sports. That's not fun. Like that's not. I see I see the pessimistic point of view because, like I said, you're either right or you're pleasantly surprised. That's an optimistic way to look at people being pessimistic. Uh-huh. But but the in between, you're so miserable. Why make yourself miserable? Why not yeah. be excited for what's going to happen? Why not think we might do a little bit better or just as expected? A lot of people are thinking, oh, we're going to – we'll be. I, I, I've heard Mississippi State fans. I've heard Mississippi State fans say, man, I hope we can get to a bowl game this year. Man, we're going to make a bowl game. Yeah. If we that's don't make a bowl a game, that's a disaster. Like that – there's I – mean, hoping we make a bowl game is – that's old. That's that's that primary stuff. Garrett Schrader and Jalen Maiden all broke their knees, and now we have Joe Moorhead playing quarterback. <laughs> or uh, what's his name? Um, the walk on with the long Logan Burnett. Logan Burnett. Yeah. Logan Burnett. Logan Burnett for Heisman. Um, <laughs> the uh, no, but like my and I love my dad. My dad will say, my dad says almost every year, like during June or something, he'll say, "We'll get talking about football." He's like, "Man, I hope we make a ball game." I was like, "Dad, we're gonna make a ball game." And he knows that. He just used to say – my, dad, my dad's very, very intelligent. He understands that we're going to make a bowl game. He's just, he's just on autopilot. He just, that's just what Mississippi State fans that are 30 to, 30 to 60 say. We're going to hope we make a bowl game. Like, we're going to – it's not like that anymore. Yeah. And I'm, not, I'm not saying we're going to make a bowl game every year until, we, until I die. I'm not saying that. I'm, there could be some lean years in the future sometime. I don't think – I don't predict that happening anytime soon. But we right now – are good enough to where bowl games should be our bottom tier expect- expectation. That shouldn't be what we're hoping for. We should be hoping for New Year's Six Bowls and West titles and eventually conference pilot championships and national championships, hopefully, you know, if this thing gets turned around. Anyway, I'm going to get off my soapbox. <laughs> you should get this on your soapbox sometimes. might be one of our shorter episodes, so you're welcome, everybody. Y'all are welcome. I hope y'all will get a chance to listen to this before the game. Um, we were gonna have this put out about an hour ago, but uh, if y'all hear water running, there's don't worry about it. <laughs> um, got something going on. If, if we're supposed to put this episode out about about an hour ago, our app is not being very agreeable right now, so we are recording this a different way and going around the bend to uh, get this out there. Yeah. Hope all of you all listened to it. We almost went on Instagram Live. We almost went on Instagram Live, and I know there, I know there's at least half of these people listening that don't do Instagram Live. Yeah, I well, think we would have had a whole new audience. Like we might have as many people listening or watching. I guess at that point, would it be watching? Yeah, at that point, but, it's watching. But we might have had just as many people, and I think we ought to go on Instagram Live sometime. Yeah. We'll talk about that. If, if that's something that y'all would want to do, DM either one of our accounts, Hill State Wave or Mississippi State Wave. Hill State Wave. We'll definitely look into it. Mississippi State Wave. If you if you DM Hell State Wave and you get a and you have a long time uh, for a response, that's because they are absolutely popping and they've probably got a million things going on in their account. They've got like forty million followers. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, if I get to forty million, then I'll have somebody doing this podcast for me. So <laughs> you better not quit on me, guys. <laughs> uh, um, we'll like to report. You know, Sunday we will have a post game show. Either maybe even Saturday night, you know, if we're feeling really froggy, you'll get a post game show. You'll get the pre game show before every, every game. What's that's that? An idea, Colton. A what? 
post game show on Instagram Live. Like we should do, we should do shortly after the game. I think, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yep. You've announced it here. We're going to go on Instagram Live right after the game for a post game show. Yep. We're gonna, it's going to be more. I think we should make that one more lighthearted. You know, oh, talk, you know, make a bunch of jokes and then come on the show and break it down for good, like good. Yeah. And promote. I agree. We're going to promote. All right. We're just monologuing at this point. Uh, there's yeah. no, there's no point. In, you know, you're not getting any new information after at this point. If you're, <laughs> if you're still listening, I, I applaud you. Uh, we're just not. We're just shocked that we have a show this short. Yeah. I thought Tudorgate was going to be this short, and it wasn't. I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> make myself do it. But here we are. Um, I think in football season, that's how it's going to go. You're going to have two shows a week, but they might be a little bit shorter. Um, when and you becomes, guys will probably enjoy that. When it becomes combined football and basketball, we might get back to the length. Uh, that we've been at baseball season is going to be long. That's just how it how, how it works out. Yeah. Um, but we're going to sign off now. Until next time, hope whatever you are going through goes well. Hope you have good fortune in your all of your endeavors. Um, unless those endeavors are nefarious, in which case I hope you fail. Yep. Do your own schoolwork. Do your own schoolwork. I'm going to sign off the re- every episode from now on with that. Do your own schoolwork. <laughs> uh, Best of luck to you. Do your own schoolwork, and as always, praise the Lord, go dogs, and hail state. Hail state.